Hail, hail. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the Monday night show of the Endless Silks podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony, and delighted to be joined by two of the show regulars tonight, sporting their Endless Silks hoodies tremendously, as always, like the pros that they are. Uh, first <laughs> up, uh, Ross, how you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. How's yourself? Ah, it's not too bad. Some of were just saying off air, it's been a wee while since me and you've been on the same show. Aye. But, uh, looking forward to getting stuck into all things Celtic. And uh, if you look at Franny's, uh, well, that's actually going to be one of your next projects, I hear. How are you doing? Hi, <laughs> yes. all good, all good. I'm raring and waiting to go for everybody to slag the plaster work again. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it seems to be uh, everyone's favourite other subject at the minute, don't they? <laughs> Super. And uh, so before we get into the all the stuff from the weekend, Franny, um, we'll bring up the, the Super 6 results over the weekend. Yeah. Still looking pretty. Yeah, there's looks like a few wee changes there, a few pluses, few minuses. Um, I think the names are still the same, right enough. Uh, Kevin's oh, okay. at ten. Kevin, Stephen Coulter, Jamie Michael, Duff, Joe Finley, Alistair, Jack, Wally, myself. Uh, the same. Yeah, a bit of a surprise, didn't they? Didn't they see me still being up there uh, this time of the season? Uh, <laughs> and Mark Robertson as well. Um, and just to um, say as well that there is one on. Tomorrow, or the deadlines tomorrow, Ross, is that correct? Uh, aye, for, aye, so the yeah, Tuesday night moment. games of the Champions League, you'll hate to get your picks in uh, for the 8 o'clock kickoffs tomorrow night. Aye, that's it, um, definitely. I, I always, the, that was my big handicap last season. I kept forgetting to put them on during the <laughs> mid the World Cup started and I was all over the place. <laughs> uh, so I, if anybody who's playing along in the chat, uh, get your predictions in um, ASAP and welcome along everybody in the comments tonight uh, Franny's got them all and they'll bring, bring them all up on screen, they'll help um, kind of channel the discussion um, as well so looking forward to getting stuck in, um, but Ross just before we get started of course 6th of November we have to of course say a happy birthday to the club that we love, Glasgow Celtic uh, 136 years ago um, founded uh, Brother Wilfred said a football club will be formed for the maintenance of dinner tables of the children and the unemployed. And uh, from that, you could say it's been pretty much an incredible story. Most of it success-laden, it has to be said. Uh, 53 league titles, all of them legal, none of them shared. A record 41 Scottish Cups, 21 League Cups, and of course that against all odds triumph in Lisbon in 67. Um, world record holders, uh, Domestic clean sweeps as well were an unprecedented eight. We're just the best team in the world, aren't we? Well, uh, uh, certainly in our, our eyes. Uh, <laughs> they're the greatest club in the world for me. Um, always have been for as long as I can remember, and they always will be. They're, they're my first love. Uh, when they say that I love them more than my wife, but it's very, very close. <laughs> 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 but, um, aye, listen... It's the Celtic are for me. Speaking for myself, obviously, if I open my eyes in the morning, first thing I do is check what's happening with Celtic. I go into our group chat, see if MD's put in on, and then at my work, um, listening to Celtic podcasts or whatever, just getting any bit of Celtic news I can, and it also helps because we do this podcast ourselves, and at the Doing this podcast has been a brilliant platform for me to 
just voice my opinion. I, I like to have an opinion, or I like to have an opinion on Celtic before this, and this has given me an opportunity to do it on a, a sort of slightly larger platform. But just getting Celtic off my chest and just finding out about Celtic and just just Celtic every day. I, I just I just love them. That's I love the club, and it isn't always great. It isn't always absolutely fun. absolutely terrible either. But it's it's just the the roller coaster ride, and I'll I'll never go off. Couldn't agree more, mate. Uh, Franny, I'm sure you'll have uh, just something to add to that as well. It's just uh, like you say, it, it was obviously there's a really good documentary on in BBC Scotland at the minute about um, you know Fergus, who you know the man who saved Celtic, and uh, you know it was him that gave the quote. It might not always be easy being a Celtic supporter, but it's absolutely always worthwhile. Um, I'm pretty sure you would agree with that. Oh, it has been worthwhile when it turns out with, with Ferguson made somebody like, well, Kenny Urage, it's hindsight's brilliant because I think I grew up in Ferguson's era type of thing and going for my dad, Kenny, I wouldn't say I hated the guy, but my dad just, you, you, you kind of lean on like your, your parents and stuff when it comes to the football, their sort of thought processes and obviously you see your neighbours across the city just spending money, millions after millions, obviously it transpired that it wasn't legitly they were spending this money, but at the time you don't know that. And Fergus is saying, no, he's here for long haul. But it was it was one of the first that had like sort of a business head on him to come in. Like season tickets weren't really the done thing. And he, he introduced that, which obviously guaranteed you money to spend. So I I it's been it's been brilliant growing up supporting Celtic. I've, it's one thing I've got to thank my dad for, I suppose, is the, the team that I support in similar to Ross and yourselves, just having this platform to, to kind of voice your opinion, which generally I'm wrong a lot of the time on, but who cares? It's so I just a laugh. <laughs> um, but no, fully enjoy it, and here's too many more, Anthony. Uh, here, here to that, mate. Here, here to that. And uh, speaking of Celtic, of course, the boys were in action uh, at the weekend, Ross. I had to do a double take. <laughs> And realized, I was like, how, how in God's name are we playing before Rangers? But then realised, of course, we were playing in different competitions. So, you know, <laughs> even in the case, it's a, a rare event. But, um, yeah, I, me and Stephen were speaking about this on, on Friday night. about, And actually, when I looked at a record up there at Dingwall, it's actually more than OK. Like, we not more often than not get the result up there. But I don't know if it's just maybe a mental thing, but it's never a, a, a ground I particularly like watching us play on. Um it's you know maybe it just brings bad memories for the COVID season or whatever I'm not sure but it's one of the fixtures I like to just get out the road as quick as possible um, in the season it's probably good getting it out the way before the the real bad weather um, starts to kick in but um, I felt throughout the, the whole it, it, it was as comfortable a performance as I've seen up there you know we're obviously going to delve into the some of the shall we say strange refereeing calls um, later on in the show but to have the ball in the net five times without reply, three of them that counted and just generally controlled the game, I, I felt it was as good as we could have hoped for. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that, obviously, Ross County um, got a man sent off, but before, I think it was 10 minutes into the game, but the, the 10 minutes before that, we controlled the game. And I, I think, had they not got the man sent off, we probably would have controlled the game every bit as much. Uh, as what we did um, I think that y- y- you think that 
with them going down to 10 men, we gain an advantage. I'm not so sure that we do. Uh, I think we would probably gain more advantage if we went down to 10 men because you would find, I think it was maybe the Livingston game at Almond Vale, they went down to 10 men, if I remember right, and they, they decided that they were going to come out and have a bit of a go at Celtic. I might be getting the game wrong there, but there was definitely a game that season they played right. a team and they went, they went down, was it Livy, aye? And they came out and it opened up the spaces for us and we took advantage of it. Albeit we did eventually do it in this game. But uh, I don't think them going down to 10 men really advantaged us in any way. Uh, it just made it a bit more difficult to break them down. There was limited spaces. But we kept plugging away and plugging away. And those uh, pesky... Um, players that are on the fringes that are shite and not good enough <laughs> uh, came up trumps for the second game in a, in a row I have to say it was my favourite um, thing i seen on uh, the forum on Saturday <laughs> damn you pesky squad depth absolutely <laughs> it was uh, uh, like nail on the head I have to say and um, very well, we'll come to the goals um, in a wee minute but just kind of your own thoughts on the, the overall performances I, I agree with Ross in the sense that especially at a park like Dingwall um, or, and perhaps Livingston as well. Uh, you know, if, it, if as Ross is saying, if it had been them that went down to 10 men, uh, you know, those small, narrow parks and especially, you know, Malcolm Mackay, centre half in his day, obviously will generally set out his team to be pretty more defensively minded or try to be solid at the back before going further forward. Um, it's kind of that sort of thing where, like Ross says, if you even take one man, man out of that, they're going to get even more compact, which makes the, the space available even more limited than it already was. But even with that, even before the first goal came, um, but, but you know, the ones that counted, the ones that didn't, but the Celtic were creating lots of chances in that first half and were finding uh, pockets of space even in, in that crowded area. Uh, well, and I think Ross makes a good point about them going down to 10 men, because I think Ross County were always probably got to sit in very tight and not really come out. So when they go down to 10 men, especially that early, it's just they'll, they'll sit in even more than they were, they were going to. But I think, obviously, patience showed with Celtic. They knew they were going to create chances. I mean, the, the stats will tell you that we created chances with, I think it was, I don't know how many shots, but I think it was over 50 anywhere. It maybe around about 49 shots we had on goal, eh, or that goal. So we, we certainly we were very dominant in the game. Um, and obviously that didn't really come to fruition until later on the game, but with the, in terms of the scoreline. But I just thought it was as comfy as an afternoon as you'd want up in Dingwall before you go to Hartley. It was obviously playing sort of Saturday mid a weekend midweeks weekend midweek for the next for a couple of weeks. So the games were coming around thick and fast, and they're all seemed to be away ties apart from at home Atletico Madrid, and obviously we're away away from home uh, the more against them. So. You've got these tricky fixtures, and for me, it was as comfy as an afternoon. I appreciate the red card, maybe does help a wee bit, but I do agree with Ross. I think they would have sat in regardless of being and just tried to stick in the game as long as they could. But I think it was just patience, and like Ross said, uh, it was a it was a bold move for Rogers to make six changes. He obviously has an eye on Tuesday. Maybe had an eye on Tuesday. There was players maybe not up to it then. Equally, the guys that came on on Wednesday had a big impact, so they were rewarded with, with starts and stuff, which is only fair. So I suppose all in all, like you say, 
guys that are only getting many minutes get on get minutes. You get a comfy afternoon. To my knowledge, no serious injuries. Nobody got any niggles. Up at a, what can be a tricky fixture, especially at this time of year. And I uh, back down the road with three goals and three points. Tony, it's it's a perfect afternoon, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I always find it funny, but you know, up until you know the right of the last kick of the ball in the first half, the same people one morning this week about there being too many changes were also the same folk that last week were complaining that he hadn't changed things up enough um, at Easter Road. I mean, I don't know, Franny, it might just be me. It might just be the thing that perhaps Brendan Rodgers being a top-class manager maybe knows what he's doing, but, you know, maybe not. You just <laughs> never know. Um, but uh, I'll come right back to you um, and we'll just... We'll go through the, so, <laughs> that's it. I've got rid of my uh, my disguise. Well, we ho- hopefully it'll not take too long till it grows back again. But yeah, you know, the moisture now now and again, you know. Um, but Fanny, I'll, I'll come right back to you, mate, because um, as I say, we'll, we'll go through the three goals that counted. Uh, first of all, um, first one right on half time. Um, well, you know, into the stoppage time in the first half. And uh, David Turnbull, yet again, two games in a row now, scoring from outside the box. You know, we've spoken at length about how the fact that these guys, these potential fringe players, your Turnbulls, your Awatas, um, Holmes, etc., will have to do everything they can to try and make it their, their name on the team sheet a bit more regular in Hatati's absence. David Turnbull, you know, he's doing what he does best, getting putting the laces through it, getting it away for the goalkeeper who, as Jed just said there, I thought he had a really good game uh, in the Ross County goal. I think it's Laidlaw. Um, his name was. He had a couple of brilliant saves on um, on Saturday. Um, second goal, yet again, uh, another goal of the season. Contested. I think Louis Palmer's having a, his own goal of the, the season <laughs> competition with himself. Another absolute incredible finish into the top corner. Um, you know, but, you know, winding effort for outside the box again. It was that kind of effort, I think, um, that was going to be beating the Ross County keeper in that second half. And then, um, obviously, we'll, we'll touch more on it, um, a bit more in depth um, in a little bit. But James Forrest getting his name on the score sheet again. Brilliant diving header, I, I felt it had to be said. You know, it's a great ball in from, I think it's Palmer. Um, but he's still got a hell of a lot to do. Um, but it's the kind of ball that a kind of forward player would just love to get on the end of. And he did brilliantly just to, to wrap the game up. Um, three good goals, um, really good goals on another good day for the boys away from home. It, it wasn't, Tumble obviously scored a, a really good goal midweek and stuff outside the box. And it maybe was just one of the, that type of chance goes. Obviously, Ross County are sitting and maybe can't, you just maybe need somebody to take a shot for outside the box. And I'm not saying we got lucky, it's sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't, but it can then, Taking shots outside the box can lead to the team coming out. And I think before that, we'd, Tumble had a shot before that. I think CCV had had a shot. Scales had had a shot. Uh, I think a couple others had had. So we were we were recognising they were sitting deep and, and, and taking shots outside the box. And Tumble, in fairness, is usually good for that kind of distance. He generally always hits the target when he, when he does take a strike. And I think out the... I mean, it might be easy saying it because he's got two goals, but... I think Hattati's position is very much well up for grabs. I think Bernardo's he's done okay since he's came on. Nothing startling. I think he's a totally different player for Hattati. Um, he's kind of more wins the ball, runs with it, maybe just passes it off. I don't think he'll do anything 
amazing, so to speak, or, or pleasing on the eye. I feel like we like maybe have it got a shot like Tumble and stuff. So Tumble can only, to me, Tumble almost can't do it anymore to try and stake that claim. He's not one of these ones that's got to hurry and get the ball back quick and things for me. It's kind of technically gifted player and things. Has got a good pass on, clearly got an eye for goal. Home, I think he, he looked very good against St. Mirren. He looked good again when he came across uh, Ross County. But for me, I think it's a toss-up between Tumbo and uh, Bernardo for that starting slot to now. And Tumbo is probably doing everything he can to, to get it. Um, he's not doing... He's, I mean, he can't do any more, though, I'd, I'd imagine. The second goal, <laughs> I, it kind of felt for me the game was just got to fizzle out 1-0. I never ever felt Ross County were got to really do anything about that. Then obviously Palmer comes on, he has got that, seems, seems to have that wee bit about him. He's got, again, he's got an eye for goal and stuff and it was another shot for outside the box, but it was an absolute world there, strike. I mean, Thiago Home had one no, no long before it where Leder put off an absolute world there save and then, like you say, it's James Forrest picks up a, a, a goal, great work for Palmer, just dinks a, a nice crossover and your opposite wingers where you want to be, just stand at the back post for a nice wee, wee tap and you can have asked for a, a better goal and I know we will get into it later and to score 15 goals, eh, to score 15 seasons in the bounce, it's it's some achievement for the, for anybody. I, I, I totally agree, mate. But, and it's, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of, to, to, to say it, it's something that we might not actually see again, um, uh, you know, consecutively and it's, it's a, an absolute credit to him. Um, as I say, you know, but no, we're all big fans of of, of him, and uh, yeah, he's definitely going to get his own his own little uh, kind of tribute near the end, uh, end of the show. Um, Ross, what about your, your yourself? As I say, watching the game, as as Franny said, it was maybe going to take a, a kind of special effort like that for Palmer just to to kind of settle it. Um, you never like it when these games that were dominating are still only one 0 and going into the, the final stages, but. As, as we said, David Turnbull took his goal well, and you know, and obviously the reports are now saying that there is a contract offer on the table for him. So the ball is very much in his court whether he, he wants to um, commit to the club and, and kind of try and fight for a more regular place. Um, Louis Palmer, you know, new introduction to the club, and he just seems to have you know taken it like a duck to water. Another fantastic finish, and as we say, part of the furniture, James Forrest, just. Um, making another worthwhile contribution to the side. Aye. Um, I mean, every goal was a good goal in their own right. Um, the first half, obviously, we, we might come on to the, the goals that were disallowed and such like, but uh, in terms of the, the the goal itself, it was it was going to take something like that. Uh, John, uh, who's obviously he's not been on the podcast for a while, but he was saying in the uh, group chat, well, he's he's always he's said on the, the podcast when he's been on previously. He, he he wants guys to take shots for outside the box, especially when they're set up like Ross County was, and that, that's that's fair enough. That it's 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 the right call, uh, and it was proven on uh, Saturday um, that it was going to take something like a Turnbull strike. I don't really want to talk about the Turnbull goal too much because I was a wee bit pissed off. <laughs> uh, I'd actually, I'd bet a uh, Turnbull for outside the box on uh, Wednesday night against St Mirren and he scored. And then just before kick-off, I was between, will I put Turnbull on again for outside the box or will I go oh first goal? I decided Turnbull doesn't really do as well for 
eh, away from home. So I thought I'll go with O first goal. He gets chalked off for a millimetre, and then ten minutes later or whatever, Turnbull puts it in the back of the net for outside the box. But listen, it was a what great was strike. Back for it? Um, um, I think it was about forty quid. I was only stacking a fiver on it. Um, but I, it, it, it was just it, just Turnbull doing Turnbull things. Really, uh, really good. I mean, he doesn't catch it flush, but the, the accuracy is there, and it's enough to keep it away for the keeper. It's it's so close to the corner, uh, and that that sort of settles is And everybody says it. You always see it. It's a perfect time to get a goal. Um, right on half-time, when it looked like, for all the world, we were going in at half-time, having probed and plugged away and just no quite got the breakthrough, and then you go into the second half and you're, you're wanting to get that early goal, but if it doesn't happen, you're nervous. But that, that just settles us down, and it allows us to be more patient in the second half, if you like, and then, obviously, we get the goal for Palmer, which is phew, it's a phenomenal strike, an absolutely phenomenal strike. The guy, I've said it before, the guy's got a wand, an absolute wand to a right foot. Uh, and I loved, he's, he's scored that goal and obviously ran towards the dugout, but he, he's running towards Kiel. He high-fives oh, Brendan sure. Rogers straight to Kiel. And you just know that, I, I, and it's not that Palmer's shot shy by any mm-hmm. manner he means, but obviously Harry Kiel has sent him, take it early. If you see an opportunity, just hit it. And They've worked on that, they've spoke about it, and he's just shown his appreciation for uh, Harry Kiel and how he's coaching him. Uh, and I think all the wingers love how Harry Kiel coaches them. And why wouldn't you? Because he was like a top-class winger himself. He was a tremendous player. You don't play at Liverpool in that Leeds team at uh, 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 that time uh, if you're a bad player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of touching on what Franny had been talking about, obviously, that, that sort of birth now that Hattati's out and listen I, I didn't I didn't hear anything about Turnbull possibly a contract offer on the table Anthony but that's that. I mean it's good it, it, even if he wants to go at least if he does go if he signs a new contract first then we can command a, a, a bigger fee but in terms of that that sort of birth now that Hattati's out I actually don't think that well, between um, Turnbull, Home, and Bernardo, I don't think any of the two of them, any of the three of them, sorry, in the period of time that Hattati's going to be out, I don't think any of them will, any of them will nail that down because they are, they're, they're all different players, but and they're all still quite young. Well, Turnbull's obviously a bit more experienced, but to me, I think he'll use them all at different times, and I'll go back to that sort of play the fixture. Mm-hmm. So, like say. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like Turnbull in the home games, like that game against St Myrne. I know he got picked on Saturday, but for his sort of goal contribution in midweek last week, it would have been tough to leave him out. Um, but I think games, there'll be different games, like say uh, on Tuesday night. For me, I don't think Turnbull starts in that game. I think it'll probably be, well... I don't know if I would start him, but I think probably Rogers will go with Bernardo eh, if he goes with the four-three-three. Um, but as I say, I think he'll he'll play the fixture and he'll alternate between the three of them. I don't think any of them will, will nail it down, and it'll just be sort of not a stopgap. That's not the right term. But until Hatati gets back, he is he is the main man. He's the man with that jersey, and these guys are 
all vying to try and get it. One of them might stake a claim and they might play out their skin and then Hatati might struggle to get back in an ideal world. But, listen, Hatati will come back probably and he'll get back into the team. If not straight away, eventually he will because he's that good. Uh, and then, moving on to Forest goal. Uh, there's not a happier guy for him than me. I, I was absolutely delighted and like, you let out a roar when Celtic scored a goal. I just about lost my voice when he scored that goal because mm-hmm. he, he takes so much flack. He's a legend of the club and people just absolutely slate him and say he's finished, not the rest of it, he's lost pace. He's still the fastest at the club and that's that's not even up for discussion. It's a fact. He's the fastest at the club. Now, I'm not saying he's the fastest in a, in a sprint. I, I understand that football's not always sprinting and it's sharp movements and stuff like that. He's maybe lost that a wee bit. But James Forrest, still, he's still got it up there. And I think, listen, he's not going to get, he's not going to be picked in the team and get a run of games where he's going to play 10, 15, 20 games in a row. If he'd done that, you would see more of James Forrest's traits and what he can bring to the team. But he's not going to get that because there is players ahead of them and they're younger guys. But for me, games like that, James Forrest will come in and get you a goal. And he, he, he was struggling there to get that goal this season, any opportunity he had. It was similar to O, but he's got that goal now. And I think any time James Forrest come in and he gets a chance, i put my house on him taking it. He's a quality player. He's been a quality player. He won't. He isn't going to be a first pick for Celtic but he is a quality option to have and to, to bring on in games like, like Saturday. Just experience. And it was he took his goal really well, but you have to really applaud Palmer for the work he does. It, it breaks to him. He's patient. You see him, he, he takes that extra touch, gets right to the byline. He's got his head up and he, he just dinks it to the back post and puts it on a plate for him. I actually thought in real time, I wondered why he didn't play it along the ground because I think it was maybe always coming in at the front post. But when you see it again, he absolutely makes the right decision. He takes the keeper out the game, takes a couple of defenders out the game and James Forrest has just got an easy, just nods it in at the back post. He, he couldn't have, to get himself off the mark this season, couldn't have asked for a, a better opportunity right in the plate. It was a great day's work and uh, we move on to Atletico Madrid on uh, Tuesday night. The morning. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, that, not that there's any differences, you know, Ross County and Dingwall versus Atletico <laughs> Madrid uh, in the Metropolitano. It's, uh, yeah, quite the difference indeed. Um, Ross, I'm going to um, come, come back to you again because obviously, that was, as we were saying earlier, we had the ball in the net five times, uh, only three which were allowed. And, you know, let's just say, Yet again, and I appreciate that it wasn't just uh, at the Celtic game and it wasn't just even north of the border. It's been another, shall we say, infamous weekend uh, where the VAR technology is concerned both north and south of the border. But of course, this is a Celtic podcast. We're focusing on the the Celtic side of things. And I just want to go through, there was quite a few incidents and we'll discuss, you know, you can just go through them at your at your own leisure. The first one, um, do you not not that you were necessarily saying one way or the other, but I think you gave a, you know, you you, you put forward a, a, a different view, shall we say, in the group chat, which was absolutely fair enough. 
I didn't actually see the incident live. The first goal, this is the one where it was disallowed for O, um, apparent infringement on the in the penalty area before Scales um, tucked it away. I have to say, having seen it back in real time and in slow motion since, for me, I appreciate I'm biased, but I, I, I still think there's there's not enough there for the county defender to go. It's, it's not like the incident at Newcastle where there's you know there's two hands on him and it's you know quite blatant for me. Um, so for me, that was a goal. The um, I think the red card incident, which for one of the few times where it was actually correct, although when you actually see how close the referee is to the incident in real time, it's it's strange how like how you couldn't have asked to be in a better position. Um, but I think we would all probably agree the red card is uh, is a correct call there. Um, Celtic then had the ball in the net. Um, after that, um, for a second time, and it was ruled out. Um, like you're saying, it robbed you 40 quid as well. We've since uh, <laughs> found out as well. Um, baffling line, it was actually Chris Sutton in the studio that says that you know they were actually the 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 footage that they showed to to justify it. It looked as if the ball had actually already left Bernardo's feet. I've been told since then that they then put up the second one, another image where it hadn't that justified it. I'll be honest, I've not seen that one, but I did mm-hmm. see Neil McCann on Sports Scene last night arguing that it was so close that. Perhaps the, the as the old, as it used to be, um, if if in doubt you, you favour the attacking player, um, but for me, all of that, well, all of those incidents for me were overshadowed by the complete, and it's not like the, the Daily Record try to claim that the incidents were missed. They weren't missed because they were in clear views in every replay that we've seen. So for me, that's not getting being missed. That's just being blatantly ignored. Three. And I would actually argue four because you brought it up in the group chat as well about the foul on Yang that wasn't even looked at um, by VAR. So we're, we're told it certainly there was no replay given. But um, there was three quite blatant shirt-pulling incidents um, that, uh, in the game. One on uh, O and one on, I think it was, uh, the other one was on, Va- um, no, say Van Dyke, Carter Vickers um, as well. Um, I think that the other thing was maybe two on O. But you know, the freeze frame image shows, I mean, the, the, they could not be getting pulled anymore. I mean, if there was any more force on it, the, um, the players' shirts would rip. When you see other teams getting being awarded, well, one team in particular being awarded very dubious penalties for what we would argue is less than what went on on Saturday, it's the question we always um, ask ourselves in the group chat, why is this always favouring, um, always seeming, when, whenever it's a Celtic incident, that it gets overlooked. Um, where to start? That was a lot oh, of well, for me. Like, <laughs> I should probably actually ask him a question here rather than just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, starting with the the um, what was the first disallowed goal? The one scales yeah. one. Um, I, I did say at the time. Well, I can't actually remember what I said at the time, perfectly honest with you, but um, I think on seeing it a few times since, for me, I can see why the referee and the VAR team have given it. But what I have to say is, I think that O's been punished for timing his jump better than the defender. Mm. I don't think O has impeded the defender. I think he's got up before him and then the defenders went to jump, mistimed it, realised that he's been caught under the ball, he's been caught under O, and he's played on it and thrown his cell to the ground. Absolutely. So, so for me, 
I, I would have to say that, I, again, I can see why the officials have given it, but we're playing a, a contact sport. I don't think Coe's led with his arm. He's not mm-hmm. done that, like you say, with both hands or that. He's just got up earlier and he's won the header. And for me, he's been punished for timing his, his jump better. So for me, on reflection, I think the goal should have stood. Um, absolutely. But again, Celtic play by different... Well, I was going to say Celtic play by different rules in both penalty boxes. But all the teams in the league play by different rules in both penalty boxes for the team over in Govan. Um, but the next incident was the red card. Uh, I think that's one of the ones that's completely cut and dry. Uh, I've heard people, I don't know if you've said it there now, um, that people are surprised that the referee didn't see it in real time. I think he probably did, to be honest with you, but I, I think referees now they're they're needing to just start refereeing the game again. They're, they don't referee the game. The game they don't make the decision on the pitch. Mm-hmm. They, they they go for the safe option of the yellow card and then wait to be corrected and get mm-hmm. then they they use that sort of safety net. You're looking at the the video replay. Uh, it's it's a red card, straight red. Listen, there's no malice in it for the guy. He's just mistimed it. What's that? <laughs> Fuck's sake! Um, aye, there's no. Aye, he's usually he's usually another side. He's got a mirror at the back of him, isn't he? <laughs> um, aye, I don't think there's any malice in it for the Ross County player. I think he's just it's one of the ones again. It's a he's mistimed it. Um, I heard somebody comparing it like Tio's one against Feyenoord. I don't think it's anything like that because. He's committed, he's tried to get the ball, he's mistimed it, but uh, not oh, sorry, home mm. at Feyenoord. Um, I always get the, I always say they're, <laughs> they're so close, but uh, um, for me, Holmes, when he, he's pulling out it, that guy's fully committed, but he's coming for sort of side on as well, whereas home was face on. Um, but as it, listen, it's, it's unlucky for the guy. Um, there's not a lot he can do about it. It just so happens that uh, Yang's foot is planted and he catches him. If he goes to either side of his foot, he probably gets away with a booting. He maybe even gets away with no giving away a free kick because he, he maybe doesn't make contact. But it's, it's a red card, a straight red card all day long. No doubt about it. Um, the next one, what what was that? Uh, so the set was the uh, O chopped off goal. Oh, the O chopped off goal. Aye, listen... They they going about um, the VAR lines and they're conclusive and they're matter of fact. What you said was right. Um, they did show you another uh, frame after the game and it sort of showed that it probably was still offside. But I mean, if we're giving offside, I, I just I don't, I don't like it, right? It should be used for decisions where the guy is offside and it's mm-hmm. it's clear that he's offside, but the linesman hasn't given it. When it's that like millimeters, you've got to give the, the attacker the benefit of doubt. It takes it's taking goals away for games that they should be standing. Yet Maeda's no gained an advantage there because mm-hmm. that's what offside is for. It's to take away that advantage of a striker just standing up the park and do you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. getting the ball kicked up mm-hmm. to him and he's and 
out in his own. He's not getting an advantage there. He's a millimetre offside. It's, it's, for me, it's, it's it's not right, but I concede that that's the rules we're playing by now and that's that we wanted, people wanted the, the technology and it's being used. And you have to say, with the technology and what they showed us, they have got it right as much as it's harsh. So no no complaints really, but just on the fact that VAR's shite, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next one, uh, I'm just trying to... That was, that was information <laughs> overload, Anthony. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that, 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 that's me going off on my usual VAR run. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting worse than John these days, aren't I? Um, <laughs> uh, the, the other one was just a, a kind of a greatest hits of shirt pulling, basically. Just aye. To, you, know the, you know the ones I mean. Aye. Well, um, aye, that's it. Well, this is the, the my issue with this, right? Is it, all of the shirt pulls for me? The one I can mind remember most vividly is the one on O, right? Mm-hmm. Now, all of them for me are not penalties, right? Because if if you were given penalties for that, you're given a penalty at almost every corner, almost mm-hmm. every uh, free kick into the box, even like crosses. People are grappling for possession, territory, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. It's a contact mm-hmm. sport. Okay, he's got a grip of his shirt, but he's no, it's not enough to make O go down or anything like that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But So for me, there are no penalties. Mm-hmm. But what gets me is the, the penalty that Rangers got at Ibrox last season and their hourly need, eh, last, last season, last week, and their hourly need when they're 1-0 down with minutes to go. If you're given that, then Celtic should have three or four penalties on mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. And they're not even reviewed. Even the Yang one we, we spoke about, I'm not saying yeah. that was a penalty. We've only seen it once. I don't, we didn't even see a replay after it, right? Yeah. I'm not saying it was a penalty, but there was no, like, this well, is being looked at or anything like that. Nothing like that. It's like, the, not to go off air game, but yesterday's game with Rangers, now, I've only seen one one uh, one thing me. Like I've only seen it in real time really and then a replay for an angle for behind like Xander Clark, the penalty mm-hmm. for Danilo. Now, to me, the angle I've seen, Xander Clark comes out, he gives the referee a decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. But he pulls out it. And for me, Danilo has gone down before mm-hmm. any contact is made. If anything, he initiates the contact again. I concede that the, the goalkeeper gives the referee a decision to make, gives an opportunity to give a penalty. But what gets me is th- there was no review, there was no three, four minute wait to see if it was definitely a penalty. It was Rangers, it's cut and dry, it's a penalty kick. If mm-hmm. that instant was Celtic at Hamden Park or Celtic at any pitch, it's mm-hmm. three and four minutes looking for any way that we can not give this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people call me paranoid if they want that's how it's being used that's how I expected VAR to be used and it's how VAR is being used how you can have VAR get the percentage or the average percentage of penalties all around the world going up mm-hmm. for each team and conceding and winning penalties and Rangers have still since its inception in Scotland have still to give away a penalty kick it's absolutely baffling then you look at that Fucking um, fourth, uh, what do you call it? Um, fourth official. 
fourth official. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get the word yeah. there. Uh, that that wee nod and smile. Mm-hmm. To, listen, he, he might not have been looking at him, but he was. He was. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's just absolutely unbelievable. And again, I'll go back to I'll, I'll come off of that and go back to our game. For me, they're not penalties, but the penalties that Rangers get, for me, we should have had four penalties, three, four penalties on Saturday. But listen, we keep rolling on. We're fit, eight points clear. We're up against it. We're not getting help for any referees, linesmen like they do. But we're still ahead and we're still the best team in the land. Absolutely, mate. Hail, hail. Uh, Franny, apologies, mate. I know that was probably <laughs> Gabe Ross information overloaded. I was like, I probably should have broke that down into two just to ease these one day. Waiting too long before uh, offering your your tuppence worth. What kind of what was your own thoughts on the the kind of the incidents kind of highlighted and just your, your own thoughts really on um, the the never ending saga that seems to be VAR watch. Uh, the first one, like the the skills one, I'm similar with Ross's opinion. I can understand why it's been been disallowed. I don't. I think it should stand, but then it's it's that one where. The, you, you talk about clear and obvious. That's that's maybe the 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 thing with with VAR and stuff. That's why they they maybe change the as The referee made a clear and obvious error. And to me, I think as much as I think it's a goal, I don't think it, you could class that as a clear and obvious error. I think there is enough in there to justify not giving a goal. I don't think the referee has made a clear and obvious error to say no, that goal should stand or whatever. Uh, I think it's. I think it was right. I say, I think it was right to to chop it off when he's gave the foul for that. Um, the then the red card. I'm, I'm with you, Anthony. I'm, I said that to my. I was up at my dad's watching it, mm-hmm. um, and I I said that to. I was like, how can that referee be so close and not deem that a red card straight away? I appreciate VAR has done it. I, I understand what Ross is saying, and it's maybe true that they're they're banking on VAR just bailing. Bailing them out is the right, right term, but they're they know they've got that sort of a safety net saying, Well, I'll make the call and I'll let VAR do uh, see if I've made the right call or not, which is as wrong that VAR's not meant to be re refereeing games. It's it's meant to be there as a, a sort of a aid, if you like. And even when he goes over at the monitor and stuff, I think he had about 10 looks at it, and you're like, You only need you shouldn't have needed one, mate. You should have knew it was the red car straight away, but to need. That many looks at it on a monitor to work it if it was a cardinal for me was absolutely baffling. Now I'm not saying he was trying to think a reason not to send them off. I was just like, I just I don't know if it's just incompetent, just mm-hmm. no real understand that. I don't like I say I don't think I'm again with Ross, but I don't think the boy has went to absolutely do young. It's it's just missed badly mistimed a challenge at the end of the day. And it's just it's one of them he has badly mistimed it. Um, as it just looks worse than what I think it actually is, if you like, and unfortunately the boys probably got to miss three games, got probably go down as violent conduct, where I don't actually think it is. Um, but it's just the nature of the challenge. So I, I, I'm way you, Anthony, in the sense that I just I don't understand how the referee looked at that in real time at first and went, "That's I'm all right with yellow card," but I can see that it might be similar to what Ross was saying that they're just using the safety net of. Of uh, um, the offside one, I suppose 
well, I say you suppose you should trust the system. We could uh, the the technology. We can all revert back to the Motherwell game where we were saying we should trust the technology and the camera wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Camera apparently wasn't it working. Then the next thing it was on the dugouts. Oh, I know. Some, of, some of the it's, things that have like went against us, man, are just uh, incidentally that was the boy Dickinson that gave Clement the wee nod that was on far that night. Uh, and, Jesus and mother... Did they know that? <laughs> Only know that because of the, the wonders of Twitter, mate. I'll be honest, that's no any prior knowledge to myself. Well, you're, yeah. you're, you're the Twitter expert on this group chat, mate. <laughs> yeah. um, but so I mean I was a wee bit a wee bit annoyed because I never necessarily had O's first goal, but uh, for some unbeknown reason, thought I am going to stick away five on O to score a hat trick. But you never know if he gets the benefit of the doubt of that goal. You just you, ne- you never know what have happened. But I'd, I I would have just liked them to get a goal just because I think when we were talking about it uh, recently before obviously the Saint Mirren game that we felt he needed a goal and it was good to see him getting a start. And I, I still actually thought I had a good game in, uh, on Saturday anyway. I, I think he, although the goal would is chopped off, I think he'd maybe take confidence by scoring a scoring again, if you like, and, and things and did have it did have a good game. Um the shot pulls I never really seen any of the game after it like that. The the post match stuff. I think O's won again. I'm I'm way Ross where it, it, it's going to happen. Shot pulls will happen, but if you are giving them for one team for that, then it's it's just consistency we want. You either don't give them or you do give them, and I think it's interesting. Again, it talk like not to go off and I I don't think the Danilo one's a penalty, but I might be being a wee bit biased. I do think he's invited the chance, but I think it's it's interesting that the referee's first thought for for Rangers was a penalty, and his first thoughts for Hearts was send the boy off for diving. <laughs> for me, that just tells you a lot, really. Yeah. Uh, but. I come back to is I think the only one I would have great way, and it sounds silly because the right decision was made is the red card. I just thought it was baffling, Anthony, that he gave, he, he never seen it as a red card straight away. Like I say, the, the scales one, I think I can understand why it's not stood. The O's one that's, that's offside at the end of the day, as close as it is, it's offside, then the shot pulls are just, I don't think if it can be given them, whether don't give them or do give them. Yeah, I, 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 James, I'm like you, James, mate. Sorry, oh, sorry, no, sorry, go. Uh, I was just going to say, just in like in saying that, I was going to say when Celtic played Juventus in the last sixteen of the Champions League, we could have had about four or five penalties in that game. <laughs> the way they grappled with us and they got away with every single one of them. And I've always said, had Var been in um, back then, we might mm-hmm. well have got three or four penalties that night. But then you look at. Saturday and you go well would we have because yeah. there's no consistency sometimes they'll be given sometimes they won't it's you could say it's subjective but at the end of the day Rangers will always get them yeah that's that's it that's um it's um subjective and it always ever seems to go one way mate to- totally agree and um yeah it's definitely not the I'm sure that will not be that'll be the last um VAR watch of the season probably probably it'll be the Friday night, we'll have uh, something else to, to talk about. <laughs> um, but boys, I'll just, uh, Franny, with your help, um, just what, before we finish up and go on to the, okay. the, the preview for tomorrow night, um, just if you could bring up um, a wee graphic um, that, we, that we've seen the day, just going back to James Forrest. So 15 years um, 
since he came on as a substitute in this game. I believe it was a match against Motherwell near the end of the 2009-10 season. And there we go, Arthur Boric, Andy Hinkle, Darno D, Josh Todd, God, remember him? Edson Braffite, Scott Brown, Brown was there right for the start, Zheng Zhi, Rasmussen, Aidan McGeady, Marc-Antoine Fortuny and Georgi Samaras. That's uh, the team that James Forrest was introduced to that day. I, believe, I think it finished 4-0 and I think you know he got on the, the score sheet that day and Franny, for, for 15 years, consecutive seasons since, he's managed to get on the score sheet. Um, up to three figures and goals and assists and, you know, more trophies and honours medals and you can shake a stick at, you know, he's within the top five most decorated players in, in our history. The proverbial one club man, um, I know we did a lot of this at the Wiki's testimonial, but I think it's only fitting that when he gets on the score sheet for the first time this season again that, you know, Ross alluded to earlier, he's not going to be the guaranteed first team starter or anything like that um, now. And I think not only us as supporters, but him and the player himself realises that. Um, but he just seemed, whenever called upon, he's always there to put in um, an honest day's graft. Stephen, why does that not surprise me that you love Mark Cantwell? If we had a podcast going back then, he would be telling us he was the best since Larson. But, you know, just what more what more superlatives can, can we say about James Forrest that hasn't already been said? There, there, there isn't many, Anthony. And it's, it's a strange one when you, you talk about James Forrest because I wouldn't say it's a 50-50 split, but I think there is still a level of support that just have never really took to the boy, unfortunately, and it's it's stuck with them. And especially in these later years, it's they can't accept necessarily the boy getting older and maybe not featuring as much as at the end of the day, he's not a central midfielder. Um, he's he's a winger, a, a kind of tracker winger that, that uh, would get up and down and beat his man and. His pace, I know Ross was saying obviously he's, he's still the quickest at the club, but maybe just like like you were saying, the, the sharpness of thinking and being able to sort of do the movement as well, maybe that's just going a wee bit for the boy in that in the last couple of years, and it's just sometimes it will just not come off for him. So it's I think that's sort of playing out in the narrative that he's never been the best player ever. And I, I don't I'm not going to sit here and say James Forrest has been as an absolute superstar player, but I think he's he's been a very 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 good servant at the end of the day. He's been well, probably more than that. And he has been, especially Brendan Rodgers' first tenure. He was he was really really good. Obviously, Patrick Roberts came in for a period of time, but then James Forrest upped his game. Lennon, I think it was who initially brought him in, and he was always kind of a favourite for Lennon. Like I say, Celtics. I'm a massive club. Um, I know we all want them to do better, go and sign the big name players, but we realise, I mean, I say we, I'm sometimes not that we, um, that that want us to, I, I expect to do the big money deals if we're actually thinking logistically about it and things like that. So the guys at James Forrest, to still be at a club like Celtic 15 years on and not just... Not just making up the numbers, so to speak, he's, he's contributing season on season. I think he'll still contribute this season. He's obviously got to be Rogers, who knows the club is here, obviously, second time round. Um, a lot of the players will be are different for when he was when he's here. I don't think there'll be many, many that were there outside Callum McGregor and 
and James Forrest, I think Mikey Johnson, maybe the other one. Don't know too many other um, managers that would have been a player, sorry, that would have been about. So he's obviously going to be a player that he can, that he can trust. So I think he will feature certainly a lot more than people expect this season in the sense that Rosie will just try to get his get his message across and Forrest is a guy that knows how he wants to play and, and like says for what he's gave to our club I, like Simon Ross I couldn't couldn't have been a happier when he scored the weekend because like we said to score 15, 15 league campaigns in the bounds it's no mean feat it's not to be sniffed at you've got to have a bit, a bit about you mentally physically just to consistently want to want to do it because I'm not saying he's he's probably a, a rich enough man that he could retire and just go away into the sunset so to speak so to still have that desire to be there and, and do it it's I just I can't say enough about the guy I just wish it was more unanimous how people people viewed the guy I think he deserves a wee bit more credit than he actually gets like I think people are judging a lot of his career on how it's sort of panning out now when he's He's a wee bit older and maybe not got that sharpness to think and to go to kind of beat the guy all the time and stuff. So I I'll really really I don't think I'll ever in the like I'll never say a bad thing about James Forrest on reflection. Maybe at the time when he during a game and that you'll have your reissues, but when you actually sit down talking about the guy, I just I can't it's hard to pick folks in the guy at the end of the day. Uh, I, I I would agree, mate. I think um you know, for someone that's been at the club so long, Ross, and, you know, contributed so much. Uh, do you know, it was funny what, what Franny's saying there about the fact that, you know, maybe that, that love's never been overly unanimous with the support. Perhaps it was a, a little peak, maybe around the time, he, um, midway through uh, Brendan's first stint at the club, where he was, you know, he was keeping my informed Paddy Roberts out the team. So that just kind of shows you the levels that he was at. But there's, there's never been, I mean, you know, you look at that, J- Jota was here for, you know, but within a season, he had his own song about him, same way Abada, Kyogo, all, all of these players, all, all, all deservingly so, don't get me wrong, but there's never really been, apart from there's only one James Forrest, there's never been like a catchy song sung about him or, you know, kind of praising what he's achieved at the club or anything like that. It's I, I suppose he maybe suffers from that kind of homegrown, kind of he gets added pressure put on him. It was the same, maybe, you know, there's another player in that team for 2010, you know, Aidan McGeady maybe went through the, Mm-hmm. A similar kind of thing, different personalities, of course, but you know, obviously, same position on the park. Um, I know that you're, and I'm, I'm happy to be vice president, but I know you're probably the president of the James Forrest Supporters <laughs> Club. Um, <laughs> when, when it comes to our group chat, and just whatever you, whatever you've, you've, Zappelles, if you've not said about it so far, just to pay tribute to him on yet another accolade at Celtic. Uh, he's, well, it can't be argued he's a Celtic legend. I forgot what we were going to do this week, but actually, and I, I, I sort of done my, my my tribute to him when I was talking about his goal. Um, but no, you go back to that team that you put up the graphic there. I mean, that was what 15, 16 years ago. And Tony Mowbray season, yeah. Uh, for me, um, oh, was it 15? 15. That would have been a year, yeah. My God, eh? Um, I'm old. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, I say when he when he first came into the team, he was young, obviously, and he was finding his feet. And I concede that at times, and in, in the early the early period of his Celtic career, 
there was games where people say James Forrest had. He never ever had. He faded out of games, absolutely, and disappeared, but he could never be accused of hiding in games. Uh, and that's fair enough. He was a young player, but then as he, he got older, he grew into the role, loved being at the club, and for me, I don't understand how there's a Celtic fan out there doesn't he like James Forrest? He's the type of player I love. He's direct. Um, he, he had pace. He's still got pace. He, he, he was a player that got you off your seat. And he, he could finish the ball. He's, he scored over 100 goals for Celtic for out wide. He's a fantastic player for me. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and people forget at times I think what he's done down the years uh, and as Franny had said they sort of judge him in the here and now and that's fair enough you have to judge on the here and now as well but you have to take into account that James Forrest is getting that bit older and he's he's not going to I've said it already in this podcast but he's not going to be a first choice and he probably once Abada's back, he probably won't feature as much as what he has been in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. But he'll still come in at times and he'll do the job and he'll, he'll, he'll see us over the line in games. He might not always score a goal or do an amazing bit of play, but he'll be in the team and be part of a unit that gets us over the line. And that's all you can ask of James Forrest at this time of his career. We're asking probably more of him than what Brendan Rodgers had hoped, but that's due to, obviously, Abada being out of the team. But he's no starting. He started a couple of games, but he's not going to start, for me, like, like say, the morning night. He'll not start that game. He'll not start a big European game at Parkhead now. I don't expect him to. But the, the, the... Not abuse, but... The sort of... Slagging, if you like, for want of a better word, the the stick, whatever I, he's took down the years. It it reminds me, obviously, I think it was yourself there, Anthony, compared it to, obviously, Aidan McGeady had some quarters as well. It was Aidan McGeady's final ball at times that let him down, but he was a fabulous player. If he had a final ball, he could have played anywhere he wanted. But Mm. the, the stick that James Forrest has received is similar to me to what Sean Maloney used to receive. Yeah, and yeah. Sean Maloney was a brilliant player for Celtic. Mm-hmm. He was most well. He started off wide. I think he started going more central as his career went on. But he was a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't outstanding. But for me, you look at you look at Aidan McGeady. You look at Sean Maloney and James Forrest. Three guys that played in similar areas of the park, similarish types of game. Aidan McGeady had the, the most natural ability, but James Forrest was the best out of the three of them mm-hmm. by a distance for me. He's a fabulous player and he's he's still a, a really good player and he'll still contribute for Celtic. Again, not as much as what he has in the past, certainly in that uh, period of Brendan Rodgers' first tenure where he was absolutely colossal and he, he was played a massive part in winning us so many league titles, so many trophies. And he's one of the most, if not the most, decorated player in the club's history. Yeah, and he's not I just, playing off it now. He's, uh, he's been in the top five. But Bobby Lennox still at top with 25. Uh, right, right. Caesar, Caesar won more as a manager as well. McNeil's on 23. I believe James at the moment is 22. 
Um, it wasn't in the match day. It wasn't in the squad for the, the League Cup squad last season, but obviously picked up. Would have picked up the league championship in the Scottish Cup, so I think that took him to twenty-two. So he's within, you know, he's he's, he's not far off mm-hmm. it. He, he could retire as the most successful, absolutely. Aye, no, but just to finish up, I, listen, I I love James Forrest. He's been fabulous for Celtic, and. I just thank him for the years and the blood, sweat and tears that he's given us. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, there's probably, uh, of course, no, we can't forget, that's probably what we should have put up in the TikTok, right, Franny? Getting pied after Celtic TV, lastly, for going to Nando's is still absolutely biblical TV, in it? <laughs> it just oh. me, he was willing to risk it all. And, and unfortunately. Uh, fair play him, by the way. He was so nonchalant about it. Just fancy it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that player. We've all been there, pal. We've all been there. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> it was a weekly event for me. At one point. <laughs> uh, I don't even like Nando's. <laughs> I would say as well, though, I think undoubtedly, it just it brings us in, uh, Franny, just to the... The, the European preview just before we finish up tonight. I think James Forrest's finest hour in the Celtic shirt would definitely be. And even when you watch the highlights back, I know he scored the one in goal to get us into the Champions League that night against Karagandy, but the, he was absolutely outstanding that night. We, we were watching the highlights back um, yesterday, just um, kind of prep for the show. And I think it just, you know, that was the night where he, you know, he scored the 20 million Bonanza goal, but more than contributed o- overall on the night. So, it would be nice if perhaps whoever is on the right wing tomorrow night can come up with something similar, um, although we would have to concede that the level of opposition is slightly one or two leagues above uh, that of the Shakhtar Karagandi variety. But um, we're going to Alliance Den tomorrow night, Franny, the Atletico Madrid's home state, I think it's Metropolitano or something right. along those lines. Um, That's it. That's it. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm not, can... getting better with my pronunciations. <laughs> um, it's it's we're, we're under no illusion. This is as tough as it gets in the, in the Champions League. It will need a colossal effort if we were to come away with anything. But then again, we said the same thing about playing them at home, where our, our form hasn't been great in recent seasons either. And we we took the game to them, played to the best of our abilities, and we came away with a point. As I say, we know it's. It's going to be a monumental task. But the 7th of November, the day after our birthday, you know, that was the night in 2012 when we, albeit at home, defeated what many consider the greatest ever club side ever assembled at home against Celtic Park. Um, A similar victory against similar formidable Spanish opposition, albeit in their home territory, would be uh, just as nice a belated birthday present as Tony Watt's second goal that night. Oh, before I come on, Jed, our good friend, show his daughters on the way to Madrid. He's saying the bus drivers are Rangers supporting incentive to keep the noise in. So hopefully they've got an unhappy bus driver there. The night. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, hope she's got, yeah. I hope she's listening into us as well, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope she has a, a safe trip and obviously hope she comes back with uh, great memories and of a, a famous Celtic win. But uh, yeah, as, as we say, Franny, it's, got, it's going to be really tough, but Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, Anthony, but it's going to be a, a big ask. I think. I mean, we all thought, I say we all thought, certainly myself anyway, 
thought the the home leg was going to be a tricky tie. I, I mean, Atletico Madrid did do well in the second half, but I think Celtic Celtic gave a great great account for ourselves out sort of going back over it. We were, we were brilliant that night. So fingers crossed they can pull it uh, at the same. They'll need that that level of performance again, um, and probably slightly more, maybe a wee bit of luck as well. Um, so, well, I, I, it's got. I just I'm, I'm struggling to really try and <laughs> yeah. make a case for that. Like I said, Danny, it's Celtic's birthday. I don't. I don't know. But it's me, Anthony. I'm, he's, we should have had Wally. He's the the half glass, the glass <laughs> half full guy here. Um, well, he's going to have a good night tomorrow, regardless. I know. Let's say the We'll keep that between us. Happy anniversary to the Dobbins. Yep. We'll leave it with that. We'll leave it with that. Um, but I mean, they're no. Well, I see they're not doing that well, and I think they're sitting third or fourth now in La Liga. Girona, for some random reason. Are somehow top of that league tonight. I don't know what the hell's happening there. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be a tough ask more Anthony. But you just never know. We need we need something to kick this European campaign off. Hopefully the home game done that gives the team a bit of confidence. And then I think if for me, with I think the way the group has gone, I think we need to take something for this game to to have any aspirations even Europa League because. I think we're three points off third place now, so I would, I, I do think we need at least a draw to keep any any hope of European football on some level. Um, I, I mean, I think it would be nigh impossible to stay in the Champions League even with a draw, but I think certainly for the Europa League, we need to pick something up tomorrow, but it's got to be extremely, extremely hard. That, like I say, they'll, I think they'll be out with a point to prove after after the first leg. I think there's they're still they try to sort of uh, reignite the rivalry for for yesteryears and stuff. We we're in the sort of uh, the retro top and stuff. I, I dare say they'll be up to similar things. Uh, uh, this tomorrow night, I, I think they actually had the weekend off. I think well, they get good in that way. They'll they'll manage their teams when it comes to European games and stuff. They they tend to give teams. The weekend off if they ask for it stuff. So it's they they, sh- they should be fresher. It's but you just you never know. Obviously, we'll be be hoping for a positive result. But I'm I'm struggling to make a case for one. I'm going to be honest with you. But I said this the last time I was on before the last game. The last time we played Athletic Madrid, and I felt it was going to be a long, difficult night. So maybe it's reverse psychology here. Hope, well, you just never know. More than anything. <laughs> Listen, but, but, but you can, don't get anywhere without a bit of hope, mate. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I totally understand. It's going to be a very, very big ask. But what about yourself, Ross? Are you relatively confident of Celtic securing a lovely belated birthday present? Um, Listen, we're under no illusions. We all know it's going to be a really, really tough game. I didn't think we would have got... Uh, well... I mean, I know I predicted two each before it, but honestly, like, that was me, like, talking with my heart, eh? Mm-hmm. My head, I didn't, I thought it was going to be really tough, even at home. We, we played absolutely brilliant to a man. We, we all played to pretty much, our t- or they all played to their pretty much top level, and you need to do that and against these teams. So we'll have to bring that again if we've got any 
chance at all. Stranger things have happened. It's it's just got to be so tough. We need to, for me, we need to keep it really tight and stay in the game for as long as we possibly can, and then just see what it takes us. In terms of France talking about maybe what we need to, like we obviously need to get a result. But we can't think about what what the score's going to be in other games. We are relying on other results to an extent now. But for me, at this point, the halfway point, three games left, just go out there, play as well as you can in the next three games and get as many points as you possibly can on the board and then just see what it takes us. Uh, if, if we don't win tomorrow night, I will not lambast the team, obviously, unless like they, they give goals cheap, shitty goals away, do you know what I mean? Mm. But at the same time, this is a really, really good team in an absolute cauldron uh, stadium. A top manager, they're going to be up to all the tricks. We'll have to be really streetwise. We'll have to have a strong referee. It's a lot of things that need to go our way on the night. But like you said, Anthony, you alluded to the, obviously, the Barcelona result and it was our, our birthday then or the day after. And it's it's the same. And usually when Celtic and landmark things come together, we usually come up trumps. It's just it's just what we do. It's we, we, we make beautiful moments in our history when mm. we least expect it. And here's hoping that the morrow night is another one of them in a long line. Hail hail to that, my friend. Hail hail to that. And uh, let's do it. We'll go for a quick I'm going to say two one Celtic. I'm be I'm being I'm being positive. What about you guys? I'll go one each. I'll go one each. I'll go truthfully, Ross. Uh, one each. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, boys. Fair enough. But I, I dare say, if somebody was to say you take a point tomorrow night and it leaves with, with some something to play for for the last two games, you'd probably take it. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going all in. Anything is possible, as Brendan Rodgers says in every match day programme. Uh, but boys, in terms of tonight, that's pretty much uh, everything. Um, you know, doing so, lineups. Oh, 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 God, sorry. Um, aye, let's go for it. Um, I'll <laughs> say same team, but no, it won't be the same team because I think Kyogo will be back in. So I think the back four kind of picks itself McGregor, mm-hmm. O'Reilly. And I think Bernardo, who's been a European away tie, and then Maeda, Kyogo, and Palma, um, the, the the front three. What about you guys? I'm I'm exact same as you, Anthony. I think Bernardo coming just for his his energy and running running and winning the ball back. Maybe could argue a water would come in, could do a similar job, but for me, it's a, right now that position's a toss up between Tumble and Bernardo, and it, it, you could argue it's harsh on. Tumble when he's on the back of two goals in two games, but I think just for his energy and how much he can win the ball back, I think we'll need to do a bit of that tomorrow. I'm putting Bernardo in again. Yang, I think, could find himself unlucky considering he's had a no bad game on Saturday, then obviously sub appearance against St. Mirren, but again, as we've we've talked earlier about uh, how well Palmer is, and (coughs) we see me talk every week about how rubbish and how weird my head is, but he's definitely in the team. Absolutely. Uh, what about yourself, Ross, if you had the, all the pearls? Um, I think probably the team you have said is probably what Rodgers will go with. However, I do think that he has chopped and changed that a wee bit and 
threw in a, a few surprises in the last few weeks. Me personally, I would, I would probably go to a four-two-three-one. The back four, obviously, and goalkeeper picks itself. And uh, the midfield, I would go with McGregor and Nawata sitting there because I think we need to. I think we need to try and stay in the game as long as we possibly can. Uh, so I would go with the double pivot. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would go with two starters. It's not a double pivot. Uh, McGregor and Awata. <laughs> McGregor and Awata. And then I would go, obviously, O'Reilly in the sort of 10 roll, if you like. And then either side of him maybe just slightly a wee bit further forward, uh, Maeda and Kyogo, and then I would go with O up front, just to hopefully make the ball stick, win headers, knockdowns for Kyogo and Maeda to run onto, I don't know, maybe, I don't think he'll go with that, but that's just what I would do. Yeah, well you never know mate, I was obviously on with Stephen on Friday night, and he was, I, I thought, what's he picking O to start for? He's never going to start with O and then on, on a game, so what do I know? But you just never know um, what way Brendan's going to go. But um, fingers crossed, whatever the, the team decides with, we we, uh, we end up on the, the right side of a, a good result. Here's hoping. Uh, but yeah, um, that kind of rounds everything off for tonight, boys. Have you uh, enjoyed being on? Excellent, mate. Nice wee mm-hmm. Monday night. Just a nice I wee build up for I enjoyed that wee bit at the end there just to build up for the morrow night. What's he Absolutely. This is uh, the first time I've been. Yeah, uh, I've, <laughs> I've obviously been keeping the seat warm on a Friday night the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, well, guys have been filling in for me on a Monday, so it's nice to be back on uh, on the Monday slot uh, with you guys. And um, yeah. Can't say, I can't say I've not enjoyed myself either, boys. It's been great chatting about yet another Celtic win, another Celtic milestone, another Celtic achievement for James Forrest. And here's hoping another memorable night to come tomorrow night. Uh, and as I say, thanks to everybody for tuning in and uh, getting involved in the discussion. We're available on all the outlets. And I know it's, we've said we're available now on TikTok as well. Stephen's been absolutely brilliant. We, uh, you know, it, it, sorry, we've always been brilliant putting up all the wee funny videos and stuff. So it's all good. I'm sure he'll probably have a wee redress and try and find some mm-hmm. uh, some snaps for for the next uh, upload. But uh, we'll be back on Friday at the usual time of eight o'clock then, and hopefully we're discussing a memorable night in Europe for Celtic. But until then, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>